into the end zone, and it is caught! It is caught! Touchdown, A.J. Brown! I don't know how he put it in. He was near the sideline. What a play! It was one of the most insane touchdown grabs I've ever seen. Just unguardable. That's what it seemed like last night as A.J. Brown torched the Washington Commanders on the right side of the field and the left side of the field, and even up the middle, eight catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns the second time this season that A.J. Brown has single-handedly helped the Eagles defeat your Washington Commanders by a final score of 38-31. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. It's 833-804-0910. You guys know I like to make this as interactive a radio show as possible. We take your phone calls. Here, whether it's a Victory Monday or a Misery Monday. You can always tweet us throughout the show at AWOD Radio or 910TheFan. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on the air. And Rich tweets me, don't worry, AWOD, you'll get a win this Sunday against the New England Patriots as Mac Jones has been sacked a ton this year and really struggled leading the way for the New England Patriots. But like I said, it's 1 p.m. here on the airwaves, and the question of the day is how are you feeling about Sam Howell being your franchise quarterback? 833-804-0910. How are you feeling about Howell on the Richmond Commander? It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, this is AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, your home for the Commanders. And if you missed it, you can rewind on the Odyssey app and hear Michael Phillips from 10 to noon, and he's doubling his duties on the Commanders, doing our show and writing about the team for the Washington Times. And I love his headline after the game, Big Numbers, Big Blunders. Howell's career game nullified by mistakes, drops, and sideline miscues. And that's what I'm going to start with right now is I'm going to talk about the play that Ron Rivera doesn't want us to focus on. The play that changed the game. And that is the missed challenge. It was just so bad. It's inexcusable. His excuse makes no sense. Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't have time to see the replay. Yeah, well, I didn't either. (laughs) Neither did anyone on the defensive sideline. But they all felt like it was a drop, right? Well, duh, you didn't see it because the Eagles sprinted to the line of scrimmage before they could see the replay. The Eagles were running to their line of scrimmage, right? Don't take this the wrong way, but they were running to the line of scrimmage like they were running away from the police, right? They looked so guilty. They looked guilty. They're sprinting to the line. To me, it was an obvious, hey, I don't think our guy made the catch there. Let's just get off the next snap here. Let's force them to not be able to challenge it. They looked so guilty, and yet Ron Rivera didn't even come close to seem like uh, throwing the challenge flag, right? He was barely even talking to the officials. He looked lost. And this is what Ron Rivera said when he was asked about the non-challenge after the game, saying, quote, we hadn't seen a replay yet, so we weren't sure. Then they did their hurry up, ran to the line, and snapped the ball. You almost think in that amount of time somebody would have looked at it and saw if it was incomplete. Yeah, obviously, Ron. I just, I do not understand how you make that mistake twice in two years. It had to have been haunting him. That Devonta Smith, the same guy, had a drop 
along the sideline last season in a game-changing play. Once again on fourth down. How do you not throw the challenge flag there? What are you saving it for? What are you doing, Ron? I thought he should have thrown the challenge flag earlier in the game when I think Jamison Crowder made a, a, a catch on second down and should have been a first down. Instead, they called it third in inches. It's like he does not know when to challenge the flag. He does not know when to challenge a play. And that's why I've been calling for, for the last two years, for the Washington Commanders to hire me as the clock manager and timeout coordinator. Because I understand when to challenge a call because I play Madden. All right? Ron Rivera is too damn old to understand when to challenge. When he played in the NFL, there was no such thing as a challenge. We were watching games in 480p, if not black and white. That's how long ago Ron Rivera played in the NFL. He's a dinosaur. The game has completely passed him by. He has no idea what he's looking at defensively. He has no idea what he's looking at with special teams. And he definitely doesn't know when to throw the challenge flag. It should be obvious. It should be easy. When the other team looks like they're running away from the police, looks like they stole a first down, because that's what they did. They stole a first down from Washington. We should have had the ball back, and we should have won the game. And that's what I'm most frustrated about. And so I'm going to talk about that throughout the show today. And take your phone calls, 833-804-0910, because Ron Rivera doesn't want us to focus on it, right? Ron wants you to look at the defense. Ron wants you to talk about the pop with Sam Howell, and Ron wants you to say, oh, there's nine games left, and we could win eight of them, right? We could go on a nine-game win streak. We have the game in our hands. We have the season in our hands. We could make the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Not if you don't challenge the play when it's so obvious. Second time in two years, the Eagles stole a first down from Washington and stole a victory in Washington at FedEx Field. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Here are my 10 takeaways from the Commanders' 38-31 loss to the Eagles. Takeaway number one, Sam Howell. That's my quarterback one. That's my franchise quarterback. I've seen enough to feel like you can build around him. It is a crime what they did in the offseason, bringing in Andrew Wiley and Nick Gates and two guys that you haven't played yet as your draft picks. If this offensive line was better, I think Sam Howell could be looking like that every week instead of the inconsistency because he's running for his damn life, right? You finally gave him some time. You finally had a play call and a game plan here that matched what he's good at. Matched what he's good at. Takeaway number two, Joke Del Rio is just completely letting us down. It is such a joke what he's doing. It drives me crazy with the play calling defensively. He gives the Eagles hurt quarterback who's limping. Jalen Hurts is hurt. And you give him all day to sit back and throw the ball left and right. It's a crime. 833-804-0910. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got uh, Vincent in Richmond. Vince, you're on the fan with AWOD. What's up, bud? What were your takeaways, man? Hey. Good afternoon, man. Love the show. Um, now, the, earlier you were talking about the challenge. Um, the challenge was obviously a big misstep by, by Rivera. But what really blew the game open, you know, we had a seven-point lead with ten minutes left to go. And just didn't play their deep zone. I mean, you can't you yeah. can't have that. Like Devontae Smith going wide open, just galloping and, and marching and having the time of his life. Thirty yards down, nobody near him. I mean, it's just it's totally inexcusable. Yeah, no, you're so right. It's the explosive plays 
have come back to bite us once again. Yeah, and I, I, it looked like a miscommunication. Like a, two guys played the flat, and uh, there was one safety deep, but he was looking like he was playing half the field, like the other half. And I think right. it was another cover too, and, and one guy thought he was in the flat when he was supposed to be deep. And it's just like those types of things, they, they kill you. You can't, you can't have a, a lead on the Eagles in the fourth quarter and do that. Right, especially when your offense is looking so good, right? You, you want them to be able to catch their breath here and, and re- relax, but you give up a 38-yard explosive touchdown to a wide-open Devonta Smith. It's demoralizing. It really is. Yeah, we were clicking before that. Everything was working. Everything was going great, honestly. And then, you know, I, I, the other thing that kind of killed us, and I hate to say it because he's our best player, but Terry McLaurin had a really rough finish to that game. I think he's going to come back strong next week and everything, but... I'm with you. I'm after with the, you, man. I, the third and I, fourth down drops. Yeah, I, I think he. I, I think he absolutely makes those catches if it comes uh, to him in that moment next week and the week after that. I, I've lost zero faith in him. Uh, yes, it was a little off target by Sam Howe, but he definitely should have made the catch. He's much better in the air than he is going to the ground. I think that's the strength of Jahan Dotson. Uh, but you know what? I mean, you still scored 31 points even with those two drops there uh, that cost us. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for chiming in. 833-804-0910. Takeaway number three, Coach Bienemy had his best game since coming to Washington calling plays. Takeaway number four, Jahan Dotson made the most of his opportunity and injured Curtis Samuel. Dotson got more targets and, and really had some great diving catches, sliding catches, uh, and the best thing was his route running looked crisp once again. And so I don't know if they've been putting him in the, the X slot when he should be at the Y slot. I mean, that's all over my head. But I do know that he looked like he did last season yesterday. And so that made me feel really good. And then my fifth takeaway, Terry McLaurin will absolutely make up for those drop passes later this season. We'll get to my other five takeaways from AWOD's 10 takeaways from the Commander's loss to the Eagles, 38-31. And we'll take more of your phone calls, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up, Richmond? It's boy AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And I'm broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck, as you can check me out here every Monday during the NFL season, live and local from 12 to 3 p.m. And happy hour just got happier. Monday through Friday from 3 to 6.30 at any of their Richmond locations, downtown Midlothian or here with me in Innsbruck. It's 3 p.m. to 6.30, Monday through Friday, happy hour, including $2 off craft beers, $3 off wine, $3 off liquor, and $3 off of certain appetizers, including five-piece wings, loaded fries, and, of course, their Bavarian pretzels with this awesome beer cheese. You can always join me here at Cap Ale in Innsbruck on Mondays. And you can always chime in, 833-804-0910. Chime in, 833-804-0910. Or you can tweet us at 910thefan. We're at AWOD Radio. Trevor tweets us, happy Monday, AWOD Army. Happy Monday, Stub. Even though the Commanders lost, if it was still a close score and we played better than last week, but not a good enough to win, I think the team is using the losses as learning opportunities to do better next game. Uh, I did feel good about the loss because the offense looked great, and, and like I said earlier in the show, if the offense is going to score 31 points and Sam Howe looks like a franchise quarterback, 
I'm fine with us losing every single week. I just want to figure out what we've got in quarterback one, Sam Howell, and if we have the right pieces offensively to be a good offense. Defensively, we're a joke, led by Joke Del Rio. But wanted to take this time right now to go around the best of NFL Week 8 here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on A1 Radio. And, of course, we do winners and losers of the week. And uh, we got to start with the Minnesota Vikings, who get a big win over the Packers, 24-10. to They started the season 0-3. With that win, they're back at 500, 4-4 on the season. Kirk Cousins, 274 yards, two touchdown passes. But Kirky gets hurt, suffers an Achilles injury, and looks like he is done for the season. Here's head coach Kevin O'Connell talking with reporters about Kirk's injury after the Week 8 win over rival Green Bay. Whatever is the case, if, if we don't have him for uh, one snap or, or uh, for the duration of our season, that will not change. Uh, the fact of what I believe Kirk Cousins, the level he played to this year, and ultimately what he's meant to me uh, and our organization. So the Vikings are in the thick of things here in the playoff hunt, but going to have to play with a backup quarterback throughout the rest of the season. I expect them to bring in you know, journeymen like Carson Wentz and such and maybe even work in a trade for an opposing team's uh, backup. Then you got to get to one of the losers of the week, which I believe is the Kansas City Chiefs, right? You're playing against the Denver Broncos, who gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. Chiefs play against the Dolphins next week. Patrick Mahomes, two interceptions as the Chiefs score failed to score double digits. And the Denver Broncos went 24-9 thanks to Russell Wilson's three touchdown passes. But losers of the week, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Offense only scoring nine points against the Broncos. Here's the Chiefs quarterback upset after the upset loss to the Broncos. Wasn't good enough. Um, obviously the turnovers, but just the execution in general. I mean, they did a, they have to do a good job against against us with their defense, but we got to execute at a high enough level, and we, we clearly haven't done it in the two games we played against them. Seems like the Chiefs always have like one stinker every year where Mahomes tries to do too much and has a few turnovers, and that ended up being this week. Winners of the week, i got to put Lamar Jackson and the Ravens on this list. Uh, a struggle against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, but they get to the win thanks to Gus Edwards, 80 yards rushing and three touchdowns. But Lamar Jackson takes a play, uh, a play out of AWOD's playbook. A win is a win. A loss is a loss. A tie is never a win, and there's no such thing as moral victories. Here's Lamar after the Ravens moved to 6-2, and two, getting a key victory, 31-24. to 24. A win is a win, but um, I feel like we need to put more points on the board. Um, we was punting the ball a lot this game. Um, we didn't do it last week, but it's the NFL. Sometimes not gonna, things might not go our way. We move over to Sunday Night Football which was the Chargers cruising past the Bears 30-13 to as Austin Eckler gets into the end zone. Here's the call on KYSR. Rolling to his right, sets his feet. There's the screen to Eckler, makes the first man miss, and there's Eckler, left sideline to the 20, 15, 10, lower. 
Fires the shoulder. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. How about the Dallas Cowboys? I hate watching Dallas uh, be successful, but, man, they looked so good offensively, defensively. Special teams performed as well as they roll past the L.A. Rams. Uh, Dak Prescott with a, with a really good performance. And so you guys know I'm a Cowboys hater, but I've got to give them credit when they have a good game. Bengals. Jamar Chase rolling as Joe Burrow completes a 17-yard touchdown pass to Jamar Chase as the Bengals upset the 49ers. Final score 31-17. to Here's the call on WLW. Fakes a pass to the right, throws toward the end zone. Chase with an over-the-shoulder catch. Touchdown, Bengals. And he does a backflip in the back of the end zone. And just like that, Cincinnati is rolling. Jamar Chase executes a perfect. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. You can always tweet me throughout the show, at AWOD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Quick uh, apologies to the listeners right now. We did have uh, technical difficulties there last segment, uh, a cutout. Uh, obviously, things like that can always happen when you're on the road, and I'm here at Capital Ale House in Innsbruck, as I'm here every Monday from 12 to 3 p.m., and you can come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Take an extended lunch break here on a Monday. You deserve it. A big shout-out to Mike, who lets me know that he's listening. Ran into Mike at um, Ensuboka over the weekend, and uh, he was a hardcore Skins fan, Commanders fan, and uh, happy to run into me. And so uh, always, if you run into me, Around Richmond, always come up, say hello, and, and I'm always down to talk some NFL or D.C. sports, and you can always chime in, 833-804-0910. We like to make this as interactive a radio show as possible. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is Commander's reporter David Harrison. What's up, David? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. So I, I'm going to spend a lot of time on this show today focusing on what I think lost the Commander's the game. And that's Ron Rivera not throwing the challenge flag. What was your uh, mm-hmm. viewpoint from that play? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, it definitely looked like it was incomplete. Obviously, I mean, it wasn't incomplete. And, and it's unfortunate that Ron, you know, couldn't get that decision made in time uh, to throw the challenge flag. I know in, in the press box, you know, we have a little bit of the benefit because we've got TV screens uh, kind of placed in front of us. So, you know, you watch the play. And then if there's a question, you know, the, the, the TV broadcast is always a little bit delayed. So you have the advantage of looking up and seeing it. So we saw it really quickly. Uh, you know, Ron said after the game he was looking at the big board and was looking for the replay, and it didn't pop up. And I don't know, you know, usually the home crowd, you kind of get that advantage. Uh, you know, but with the Eagles rushing to the line, you know, they made the decision they made. The, the question I really have, I guess, about that is, now, you know, a lot of times during training camp, we kind of talk to Ron and, and the coaching staff about these processes, whether it be when to use timeouts, when to challenge, you know, when to go for it, when not to go for it. And it's always been like a committee conversation. And so just like where in that communication process and decision-making process did it break down? Because it's really not a Ron Rivera-only part of the process. He's put, you know, certain fail-safes kind of in position. So I'm kind of curious where that part of the conversation broke down 
uh, and why they weren't able to get that call made uh, quick enough because, you know, you mentioned it, but that, that's a fourth down play. So, I mean, that's that's ball going back to Washington. Uh, instead, it ends up in an Eagles touchdown. Yeah, and that's what's just so frustrating is uh, I said they just looked guilty, right? Like, I mean, I, I hate to, you know, put it to, like, the cops, but it felt like they stole something and the police was chase, chasing after them. That's how guilty they yeah. looked there. And to me, that's just obviously when you throw the challenge flag. On top of that, like you said, it's fourth down, and your team is clinging on to a lead here, so you just can't let something like that happen, especially at home um, in front of your home fans. Uh, with everyone on the sidelines seem to be saying, oh, it's a drop. It didn't even look like Rivera was close to dropping the challenge flag, right? Did he even talk to one of the yeah. officials before the snap? Uh, I don't think before the snap, no, but I know that he was able to – or well, he actually, he said in the press conference he didn't even know up to that moment if it was actually complete or not. So I don't know, remember who, but somebody in the media pool uh, confirmed him, like, no, it was, it was incomplete. It definitely hit the ground. And, and, you know, especially in the first half, you know, like – that's kind of the, the you know, and, and some of these things are kind of by experience, but in the first half, like, that's where you can be a little bit riskier with your challenge flag. Like, if you burn a timeout in the first half, like, okay, you know, you, you don't want to do it, obviously, but in the first half, that's where you make that, especially a fourth down, man. Just just throw the flag if, if you if you can. And, uh, and, and you know, so you like to see, like you said, you would like to see that process be cleaned up. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, if it's going to be cleaned up, it'll be in the future, and then there's nothing we can do about, you know, what happened in, in week eight. David, over to the offensive side of the ball for the Commanders as they ran a, a few basic concepts, just, hey, get get rid of the ball quickly, Hal, and, and a few more, uh, you know, variations of, of that, a little bit more complex offense, but it, it looked great. They put up 31 points there, and for most of the game, they were rolling. Yeah, I mean, what, what's, what's, I don't want to call it funny, but for lack of a better term, I guess what's funny about it is, you know, a lot, a lot of times, and I've kind of talked to you about it too, like there's been a lot of things we saw – worked on and installed in training camp that we have not seen uh, rolled out in the regular season. And with a new offense, with a young quarterback, you know, you, there's always wrinkles in training camp that you see that don't get unveiled until later in the season, you know, and all that stuff. But when you have such a new relationship, it almost kind of kind of confuses you when you say, you know, why did you do all of this work on, you know, 12 personnel? Why did you do all this work on getting running backs, including Brian Robinson, in, involved in the pass game, screen game, quick game? if you're not going to then use them in the regular season. And the second half of the Giants game, obviously too little, too late. We saw more of what we saw in training camp, and now here this week we see even more of it. And, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the results speak for themselves. This is one of the games, uh, you know, frustratingly we've been going back and forth of, you know, well, this is on the offense, and the next week's on the defense. Well, this is one of the ones where it's on the defense, and you can look at the offense and say you guys did enough, even with some of the second half, you know, interception, bad passes, drops. You can still look at the offense and say, yes, you did enough to earn a win. It just, you know, didn't come together on the other side. Yep, and that's what's, you know, been the theme of the Rivera era is the inconsistency and the inability to play complementary football week in and week out. I said it after the Falcons game. I felt like that was the first game in forever that they played good offense, defense, and special teams. And today it was the defense that let them down in a big way. Uh, But more about the positives offensively. Uh, do you have an update on the Curtis Samuel injury? Because Jahan Dotson really stepped into his uh, spot and uh, played very well. Uh, I don't. I'm literally we're on. I'm on my way to Ashburn right now. We got Ron Rivera at three o'clock, so that's one of the standard questions: is injuries coming out of the game? And obviously, Curtis is is going to be one of those those questions. But honestly, I mean, yeah, and you know, you don't want to discount Curtis Samuel by any means. He's definitely a valuable part of the offense. But I thought 
uh, Byron Pringle and, and some of the limited work that he got in Jamison Crowder. I mean, I think they filled in, you know, pretty nicely. And, and Jahan obviously had a really nice game as well. So I think receiver depth, you know, even if they do need to go without Curtis, he's been playing through some things during the season already. So if they got a mid-send against New England, I think offensively you're not going to look at that game and say, well, because they were missing Curtis, they weren't able to get off the ground if that's the result that, uh, that we see next weekend. So obviously I've let my opinion known, David, that I think the game flipped when Ron Rivera did not challenge that catch. But I had a caller who says he believes we lost the game when Devontae Smith was left open on the blown coverage assignment for a 38-yard score. In your opinion, what went wrong exactly on that play? Uh, it was a miscommunication, you know, and you look at the All-22 and – I think I got to lean on, you know, that not being on Kendall Fuller and that being on the inside guy, which I believe, if memory serves, it was, it was Danny Johnson. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just somebody's supposed to go deep and someone's supposed to stay short and instead two guys stayed short. And, you know, especially as a guy like Devontae Smith, like there's no, there's no catch-up speed in the National Football League. If you blow that from, from, from Jump Street, you're, nobody's catching back up to that play. And that's certainly one of them. And I think the frustrating thing, you know, about a lot of these games is you look at three or four moments, that non-challenge, uh, you know, the errant pass by Sam that ends up as an interception, uh, the miss to Byron Pringle, and then that blown coverage. That's really four moments. Like, in the grand scheme of, a, of an NFL game, you only messed up four moments, which is a fairly solid percentage. But because of the team you're playing, especially, those four games cost you that win. David, Great stuff as always, man. One more thing here let me ask you, and, and that is what is your take on Sam Howell after a performance like that? I mean, everyone wants to figure out this quarterback situation so that you know, hey, do we need to go and pay a guy uh, in the offseason or do we roll with Sam Howell after a performance like that, 31 points and four touchdowns? What's your Howell eval? Yeah, I think you need to roll with Sam, man. I think that Sam Howell has all the tools. He's got everything necessary you need in a starting quarterback in the NFL. You know, he's young, and, you know, we all want to go back to, like, the Peyton Mannings of the world and, and all that stuff. And I think every young quarterback in history uh, has proven that, you know, he needs help. He's going to need help. He can't be the, the franchise lifter, you know, from, from Jump Street. He's going to need some time to develop within the game, but he's also going to need some help around him uh, while he continues to develop. But, I mean, twice now – He's been able to lead an offense, put 30 points up against the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's no that's no small task. You know, consistency, just like the team, but with him specifically, is, is escaping him right now. Uh, but the, the talent and ability is there, and once that consistency settles in, man, I mean, I think you've got a solid quarterback. You just need a franchise that can be patient enough to let him grow, and then the, the minds in charge to make the picks and sign the players uh, that are going to help him, uh, help support him while he's growing. That's David Harrison. Follow him on social media, dharrison82, covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated. Thanks a lot, dude. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Yep. One of the things that I did want to mention was, as well as Eric Bieniemy coached this game, it does feel like he's not making enough halftime adjustments. And for the second time in two games against the Eagles this season, the Commanders get blanked in the third quarter when they had a halftime lead. And I get it. The Eagles had the ball to start the second half. They went eight plays, 75 yards, and then fumbled. All right, so Washington gets the ball, and you're in a tough position there at your one-yard line. Uh, But you pretty much go three and out after one first down and punt the ball back to the Eagles. Then they go seven plays, 51 yards, and score a touchdown. You don't get the ball back there until um, basically three minutes left in the third quarter and have a touchdown drive that ends their 
uh, with about 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. But it's just, yes, it's just one possession there in the third quarter, but you just hate to look at the box score and see, oh, yeah, seven in the first quarter, ten in the second quarter. Man, we're up 17-10. to 10. We scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. You should win this game. And then you look at the third quarter there, and you see your team is blanked, and then the fourth quarter you give up 21 points. So frustrations all around, uh, but I, I saw enough to feel really good about Sam Howe and the offense, and uh, I, I said to start the show, I'm going to say it again. doesn't feel as much like a misery Monday. I'm not as miserable as I was after early losses this season, like the Bills game, the Eagles game where we should have gone for two, and the Bears Thursday night disaster. I believe Washington wins the next three games, Patriots, Seahawks, and Giants. I could be wrong, and we could be looking at a team that's 3-8 and eight by Thanksgiving, but I think they're going to be 6-5. and five. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. It's 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. And the offensive line for the Eagles celebrated with their new star, Julio Jones, as he gets into the end zone. And Philly would go on to defeat Washington 38-31. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Wanted to finish up my 10 takeaways from the Commander's loss here, starting with number 6. That's defensively. I'm just so upset with what I'm watching week in and week out. Like, how has Jack Del Rio not made enough changes defensively? They were giving up 38 points. You know, A.J. Brown torched us when you played him earlier. And then you just put Emmanuel Forbes against him again multiple times with, with a little bit of safety help over top. Terrible defensive play calls there by Jack Del Rio. Takeaway number seven, why do the refs always seem to screw us at home? Right At FedEx Field, they decide not to look at the Devontae Smith catch, but they want to spend all day and night looking at the Jahan Dotson catch at the end of the game. Number eight, Ron Rivera should be fired for not challenging because what do you do, Ron? What do you get paid to do? I ask you this every single week, Ron. What is your job? What is your duties here in Washington? Because you know what you don't do is you don't call plays on offense. You hired Eric Bieniemy to do that. You don't call plays on defense. You haven't fired Jack Del Rio. You're too loyal to him. You don't call timeouts when you should. Your draft picks aren't showing up. And the number one thing that head coach has to do is challenge plays when you should, and you just don't do that. So all I ask is, what is Ron Rivera being paid for? Number nine, I I do feel like Washington can find a way to get back into the playoff race here with a couple wins. I'm predicting three straight wins, and maybe that's a homer in me, but I saw enough offensively to be fired up. And takeaway number 10, the commanders should not trade anyone. Let the next GM, let the next coaching staff make a decision on Chase Young and Montez Sweat. If you want to chime in, it's 833-804-0910. Let's go to the hotline here. Looks like uh, got a caller from our buddy in D.C. It's D. Woods. What's going on, D.? What's up, Adam? It's 145 on a Monday, so you know why I'm calling Mr. Talk Commanders. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing great, and that's because Sam Howell looked like a franchise quarterback, dude. <laughs> Look, I called to get called in to give you some credit. I was thoroughly impressed by Sam Howell yesterday. But to that point, I was also impressed with uh, Eric Bieniemy's play calling. We talk about this all the time. 
they they got to get put him put that kid in situations where he's making quick reads and quick. Uh, he's not staying in the pocket too long. They went back to that. They they got away from it uh, from that Atlanta game. They went back to that yesterday. Jahan Dotson, I, I'm a, you know I think he's just a guy, but yesterday he went back to his freshman ways. He looked like he's a real mm-hmm. uh, first round draft pick there. No, I totally agree. So let's talk about the quick stuff offensively because I think most of us were wondering. Would it take what it take Eric Bieniemy so long to go to that style? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. As just you know, an amateur watching this game, I didn't play uh, high level football at all. But I'm sure when you're doing all quick stuff, it, it gets rid of the ability to take the deep shot. I, I think that's why they sh- uh, you know stayed away from it so long. Uh, but boy, did it work well, D. It, it did. It did. And and and. But you, you gotta you gotta be able to to cater to the people that you have in those positions, right? So so this guy, you know, you got a guy even coming out of college. The knock against uh, Sam Howell was his uh, he gets sacked a lot if he has if he has too much time in the pocket. You know that you drafted a kid that 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 does not have uh, amazing pocket presence. You got to put him in a position to win, right? So. By them going back to the quick read stuff, quick quick plays, getting up to the huddle, getting the ball out of his hand very quickly, it gave him the ability to feel comfortable. I mean, the kid was the best quarterback in the league yesterday, and that's saying something for this offense. No, I, I totally agree. It was a, a great offensive performance. The only thing that was missing was the rushing attack. And, uh, yeah. you know, what's your take on Brian Robinson? Because, man, is he impressive when he's catching the ball out of the backfield. And, man, can he have some decent runs when he runs around the outside, but I just don't know that they can hand it off to him on first and 10 and have that be a successful offense. Yeah, I, I, I'm, with you. I'm with you on that uh, 100%. The guy, is he, he's, when he has space and he can get to the outside, he's amazing. He, you're not going to catch him. Them handling him those delayed draws and trying to get him to go up the middle, I mean, he just, it, it is like – it is literally like he's running into a brick wall. He immediately gets stopped. He doesn't have that shiftiness when getting like finding a hole in the middle of the field. He has to be outside for you to see how explosive he is. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Gibby's a little bit better of kind of getting into those holes, but then he fumbles. So you got to pick your poison with the running back committee. It's a misery Monday, and phone lines are open 833-804-0910. How miserable are you today on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm actually at about a 2 because I'm just so happy we scored 31 points after the 7-point stinker against the Giants. Yeah, you know what? I I did not take that look. It's funny you ask that. I, I'm probably a 3. I was out watching it with a friend of mine, and she, she looked over at me, uh, and I just, towards the end of the game, uh, when with Sam Howell through the interception, right, and I said, "Well, this game's over," right, and I mean, that, <laughs> not, it wasn't. I wasn't upset anything. I just was like, "What's well, game over?" And she's like, "No, no, Dino, you know, they still have time. They still have time." It's like, huh? I don't know if they can. But then they went down. They went down and got that field goal. But um, I, 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 I was so impressed with the offense yesterday that uh, I just I don't think you could really put me in a bad mood with them. I mean, we we, we always want to win. There's no such thing as a moral victory. I hate when people say that. But those, <laughs> those, those guys went out there, at least on the offensive side, and they played their asses off. Defense got a lot uh, for Jack, Rio, uh, Jack Del Rio, I should say, to, to talk about in the, uh, the meetings this week. Absolutely. D, I appreciate you chiming in. Final thoughts? Final thoughts is next time I come to Richmond, don't stand me up. Love you, pal. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Good call. Uh, let's keep it going here. 833-804-0910. How miserable are you on a misery Monday? Let's go to Jay in Glen Allen. What's up, Jay? Hey, Watt. How's it going? Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty decent here for a misery Monday. I, I'm not ready to bang my head against the wall. I want to watch more highlights of the offense. How about you? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you just a tiny bit on the offense. Um, I do agree we need to get the Russian attack going. Um, Brian Robinson had a five touches, only five touches in the first half yesterday, and one went for 28 yards, one went for 10 yards. It got called back on a penalty. But when we yeah. get Brian Robinson going north-south, he makes yards. We can't do the misdirection. We can't do the counterplays. We don't have the offensive line for that. Um, but we do need to get Brian Robinson going north-south, and I think we need to get more rushing because we made that game yesterday, although I'm happy with uh, Sam Howell in the offense, but we made that game yesterday one-dimensional. Um, we did. All we did was pass. Um, no, so you're right. Like you're right. And, and that's the thing is that I do think if we had a successful rushing attack, we would have been able to put that game to bed with some long drives. Um, so you're right. I, I'm upset that we weren't able to run the ball. But I'm not I'm not upset with the offense enough here. Uh, what's your take on the G- defense, though? I mean, that was miserable. Oh, I mean, you had two shots at, uh, at Brown yesterday. I mean, you can learn. It's like the front four, whatever combination you have up, for, up front four, they're coached up well. It's the secondary that is not being coached up. I mean, they're missing plays all the time. They're leaving guys wide open. They double-teamed Brown yesterday, and he still got the ball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm very disappointed in the defense. I think um, it is time for a change. I do not think we need to trade anyone. Um, I think we need change um, in leadership. And uh, I would keep Eric the enemy on the offense, but I would get rid of uh, um, Rivera. Um, yeah. And um, go, go, go a different direction. Absolutely. All right, final thought, Jay. Do you think the Commanders, did they show you enough offensively that you feel like we could maybe win this week against the Patriots? I do. I think Hal is the real deal. I just think he needs some support, and I, need to th- I think he needs to get out of his head and, and, and not worry about um, the sack clock. Um, just get back, do your progressions, and find your open man. I'm not yeah, miserable. No. I, you know, I'm kind of, kind of expected to me. Um, I've been a fan for a very long time. Well, good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. Phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910. I think he made a great point there about the the sack issue. You know, at times this season, it's felt like Sam Howell, his internal clock is clicking a little too fast here because of the amount of sacks he's taken. And so I felt like at times, even when he wasn't rushed, he was feeling the pressure and trying to get rid of the ball too quickly. And I think that actually happened on the fourth and one in the first half. Now, I'm, I'm never going to be upset at him for on a fourth down throwing to Terry McLaurin, right? When in doubt, throw to the uh, to your number one guy. But on the replay, looked like Logan Thomas was open. On the replay, looked like Curtis Samuel might have beaten his man deep. And you just feel like, man, I think Sam... If he could have had that one back, he would have thrown to the open man instead of locking in on his number one target, which was Terry McLaurin. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan.